Hello, and welcome to another edition of Goblin Lore Podcast. Today we have a, the second of our Patreon episodes. This episode is brought to us by Zach Swap? Zach Libner. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Do you? Leibner? Libner? Leibner? Leibner? Zach Leibner, which is uh, at Zach underscore S-H-W-A-P, W-A-P, um, who... <laughs> as in Fetty. Schwap? Fet, as in Fetty Wap. Okay. That's a, yeah. that's a reference the kids will get. Is it Okay, the kids will get that. I'm just doing this for our SEO. Okay. At Zach underscore Schwap, <laughs> um, who is one of our Patreons and one of our long time, I mean, one of, I think, one of the first... Patreon supporters that we had. And a and real life friend of the cast. Real life friend of the cast stayed at my house. Him and his significant other, Jen, they stayed here during the GP Minneapolis. It was awesome. I actually had a lot of fun with them. So Zach had suggested we came to him with ideas. And after giving me very long, thought out, wonderful ideas for just philosophical episodes, he also decided to give us a Goblin Games because I kind of asked him to. And what he came up with was sauces in the magic world. So tonight, we're getting saucy. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. let's introduce ourselves. And uh, let's start off with what, what is one of your favorite sauces when it comes to cooking or eating? Once again, I'm Hobskew. Uh, I can be found on Twitter, at Hobskew. And I am going to go with one that is on our list later, so we'll come back to it, but it is Worcestershire sauce. And not just because most Americans can't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> like, I, you have to specify not just. Yes, fair enough. And since I started talking, I might as well go. Uh, I'm Alex, found on Twitter, at Alexander New M. Um, and one of my favorite sauces, uh, I'm going to go with, like, a sweet chili sauce. Uh, I have a few different versions, but I, I like, most of them I've got, most of them I've had, because it's got some sweet, it's got some some spice to it. It's a good balance. Um, I don't really cook with it. I've tried, and it was not good, because then it all the sweet cooks off, and all you have left is the hot. <laughs> but it's a nice dipping sauce, a nice topping sauce. Ooh. That. Wow, I didn't think about topping sauces. I'm changing mine to hot fudge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now mm, we can't get into the philosophy of sauces yet. Hold on. Because because there's so many, we've got so many savory sauces, and now you're jumping in here with some dessert stuff. Pause on that. I'm Joe Redman. You can find me on Twitter, at Findhorn. That's F-Y-N-D, Horn. And I have to stay uh, with my very German uh, heritage here and say that I really love stone ground mustard. Like stone ground brown mustard, where you still have the like the little globules of, of mustard uh, seeds in there. Oh, it's so good on like a bratwurst. Oh, that just that and a brat and a and like a pretzel bun. That's that's baseball season to me. That's all over the summer for me. Mm. When you said the German heritage, I thought you were just going to say that your sauce was butter. <laughs> <laughs> they do yeah. love their butter. Yeah. yeah and, and the first thing in my my thought was was just a nice thick brown gravy, mm. which uh, we will also get to later. <laughs> spoilers so many spoilers. teases so uh before we get to all of that stuff that we've teased and the things that we haven't had an opportunity to tease um i was thinking a good sort of baseline place to start is i i came up with what what i feel is a solid color pie philosophy for sauces um it's it's kind of threw together fairly quick so i think there might be some some tweaks and maybe some over overlaps that aren't perfect but I want to run down this for for you for you too, and and then maybe we can use this as a base for our uh, our conversation going forward. If uh, you you two agree with this, nice so use of base there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Sauces are generally base bases for meals. That's right. That's a that's a nice food pun, which is timely with Eldrain going on. Uh, so. Let's start Wuburg order, We're going with white. Um, what I got down is, you know, the white sauces that are white are kind of for the masses. They're things that are consistent. They're things that are that are easy, um, maybe to use or maybe to uh, more easily digestible. I don't know. I'm just kind of just spitballing things there. So blue, I, I think the, the important thing there is it's kind of something that's for the masses and something that's more consistent. Um, blue, I think, are going to be things that have a lot of pieces put together. They're much more manufactured sauces. They're not trying to highlight 
a specific natural ingredient. They're trying to build them into something different that is, is I don't know, more manufactured. That's kind of the keyword that I had, at least. Um, black, I think you're, you're looking at flavor at all costs. Um, <laughs> things, <laughs> so, I, so just like, so, so black can do anything that all the other flavors can do. See, and this is where one of the difficulty comes. So in red, I have, you know, whatever tastes best, reckless abandon and trying to come up with a different, where, where that line is between black and red. Mm-hmm. I think it's red is a little more reckless in the moment. Um, so like whereas, spice and, and punch. Yeah. Something that really hits you. Whereas black might be less concerned about the long-term consequences of the sauce of, of consuming this calories sauce. or exactly. Digestion it, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my thought there. If that, that makes sense with those two. Yep. Um, and then green is kind of the, the opposite of blue. I think green are probably sauces with fewer ingredients, more natural things, something that highlights a specific natural ingredient and is trying to have minimal changes and impact on it. Oh, okay. So like honey might be, not to name, yeah. not to name sauces before we get there, but. but yeah, like honey is is, you know, not is used like a sauce sometimes, but I think that's a good example. Cause that's one where a lot of times it's literally just that single ingredient. Yep. You're trying to use this natural thing. You, you want as little, you know, human impact on it as you can. I mean, it sounds like green's goal is to bring out the actual flavor of whatever it's going on. So it's to enhance yeah. the specific, just natural tendency or flavor of the meat or the dish. Versus some yeah. of these others are really the sauce is kind of an actual second ingredient almost. Yeah. That's layering. Yeah. And there, okay. that's that. Yeah. That's a further implication that I didn't really think about either is how the sauce impacts the dish, not just how the sauce is itself is. Yeah. So colorless is definitely just water, right? Yes. Cool. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Alex, with setting us up okay. with that, I really appreciate it. That's a great way for us to even that start. That is an awesome. <laughs> with a philosophy. Starting it off, we why don't we take some of the more common, at least American, condiments that we might find in, in people's fridges across this nation. And let's start with maybe the most basic one, ketchup. All right. Um, I think this is... Pretty straightforward. I know, Tobbs, you and I were talking about this, and I think you actually got this suggestion from from someone else. But I think white is actually a really good yeah color Zach, for for that. Zach, when he suggested the list to us, straight up said ketchup is white. Yep, yep. and and that uh, conversation kind of helped me start this color pie philosophy because that that's the thing we were trying to figure out. Well, what you know would this be because there's all the, the things but it's, it's like ketchup at least for americans it's it's the basic thing almost every you know any restaurant that serves like american quote-unquote food is going to have ketchup sitting at the know, table sitting at the table yeah it's yeah. a common thing yeah. um there is variations but most of, but the variation the difference in those variations is much smaller than the variations in some of these other sauces yeah so it's a thing where you're going to have that consistency. It's a it's a common thing that yep. people can use. Even you down, know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. you, you know and what even you're down to get. brand too. Like ninety nine percent of the time, you know, if you're not if it's not like store brand, I'm seeing you know Heinz. Like everyone oh, has Heinz ketchup. That's true. Um, yeah. And I speaking of you know Heinz being everywhere and this being the you know the the, the common thing for the masses. It's consistent and everywhere. I, I'd like to already go on a mini tangent. So this, it's a lot like, you know, food chains. And I think uh, fast food chains kind of, well, they get shit on a lot because the food quality isn't very high. Like, that's kind of the point of it. Fast food is is low quality. Like, that's that's kind of the point of it. But it's a consistent thing. And I think it's often looked down on. And I want to talk about that, you know, when we're talking about ketchup, that just because it's, you know, a lower quality and it's a it's a common thing that lots of people know of, that doesn't make it bad. There's a, there, there is a place for these things there because there's a consistency. You always know you can go in and, and, and find something. If you're traveling and you don't know the area, you can go to these fast food places and know what to expect. And that there, there is a important value in society for that. 
And so these, you know, we talk about ketchup and I think it gets looked down upon a lot, but the thing is there is a value to those things. Maybe they're not valuable to you and that is totally fine, but it is important that society has those things for people to have the consistency of experience. If they need something, they know they can go find this. I mean, and let's be honest, what else are you going to put on your French fries? Yeah. Mayo? But Mayo? I mean, like, vinegar? Yeah. There's huge better, better places to eat. Yeah. You don't we always just alienated an entire continent. You know that, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in all the meal or the vinegar part? Both. Okay. Because I think we can aim for two continents if we yeah. really want. I mean, if we really want to alienate them, I'll, I'll just tell you all when I go to Five Guys, I put vinegar in my ketchup and it's amazing. You just <laughs> oh, the face. Oh, the face I just got from Hobbs is, is worth not being on the cast. <laughs> uh, so no, I think we'll leave the cast with you. We're leaving. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> I guess since we mentioned it, mayo is, is uh, maybe the next best one here. Yeah. Yeah. And mayonnaise is, I, I think this is one that, man, I, I have a little bit of an issue between white because it feels at least that's the stereotype that's the joke of it being so for the masses but i think that's maybe also a a white people thing is the like mayonnaise being common yep i also feel like it a little bit is blue because there's a lot going on in it to keep um to keep the texture between like i think there's i think it's egg white and uh all sorts of things to keep like the uh the the elasticity that's not a great word you want for your sauces but but you know what i'm talking yeah. about well oh, yeah. it's used as an emulsifier i mean that's it's, it you have the, thing, you have the, the proteins the lectin it's the egg yolk you have emulsifiers that are basically doing um this is one that there is a little bit more variation in because it can be the base for other sauces mm -hmm. so it could be the starting point which i don't know if that takes it more into a green realm i I think that it, it's, I like blue for that because that actually takes it further away from highlighting okay. natural ingredients. You're, you're taking these ingredients even further from their natural sort of nature and you're combining them to create something new and different. Um, also, if you just listen to all the words that Hobbes just used, that sounded very blue. When you throw the word emulsify out, you're like, you're just treading on that blue color pie almost immediately. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I, I agree with that, yes. Because this is something that I, and I guess this, it brings us into the realm. And I think that this is where blue does come into it is there is overlap here between another sauce that's on the list. So I'm just going to bring it up right now, which is aiolis mm -hmm. because a typical aioli is a garlic sauce with olive oil and other regions use emulsifiers. And I think that in general, aioli is in a, aioli is oftentimes now used across the board is kind of, an emulsifier type base with flavors and different seasonings. Um, this is what people make, you know, like you'll, you can get like a tomato aioli or you can get a, there's just tons of, I, I hate aiolis too. So um, I don't know of them, but I mean, they're used as dipping sauces. They're used for flavor. Um, so at the fancy burger joint or whatever, that's what you're going to get with your French fries. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know that's that's the thing where you order a, a. I know this is going to be another trigger for you, Hobbs, but you order a California burger and it <laughs> might come with aioli on it. We should clarify for all of the people out there who are not from Minnesota and are therefore much more normal that in this weird state, <laughs> a California burger, if you see it on the menu. Across the state, and I had to find this out after I saw it for the second or third time because I figured it was just some weird restaurant in the middle of nowhere, but a California burger comes with tomato, lettuce, and mayo. Isn't that all that you eat in California, those three things? Where I am from in California, I guess we do just call that a burger, so there is an argument to be made there. <laughs> but I would say Case that... Rested. Most of America would not call that a California burger. Most things that I associate with the word Californian food include avocado. Uh, I just call yeah. that a millennial burger. Yeah, see, I remember when I was 
young and my dad worked at Denny's. The uh, that was I think that was before avocados were invented, or at least <laughs> before they reached the Midwest. Like, so we need. There is, we, they're actually a Simic invention. Most people know. We didn't know that they existed, so the best we could come up with was that must have been mayo and lettuce. That's why it looked green when it was creamy. That's my theory, anyway. Where the tomato comes from, I like. It's, it's it's a fresh fruit veggie. We don't know what the difference yeah. is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's California is lettuce and tomato because we don't have vegetables in the Midwest. We have carrots, <laughs> we have potatoes, and we have cows. Yeah, and I mean technically we have corn, but that's mostly for the cows, right? <laughs> and we shove all our emotions down underneath the second bun. That's it. <laughs> we won't get there. Um. So, because I'm reading through this list, I am struggling to find a green in at least this initial list. I'm going to add one and say that avocado or guacamole, actually, yeah. is one. Guacamole is a very good one. Because green. you don't want a lot to it. Most people, uh, the simpler the guacamole, that I like guacamole that tastes like avocado. I mm -hmm. do not like guacamole that has overly onion, garlic, salt, anything else. It, the, the avocado should shine, and then the okay. avocado is used to bring out whatever is you're eating because it's right. a very different texture, it's a very different flavor, but it's made to complement because it is kind of a muted flavor overall. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't our list, but mashed up avocado, yeah, I'm firmly putting in the green camp. And I don't do a lot of of avocado um, or guacamole, but you know, from what I understand, when you do add ingredients, usually it's like tomato. Mm -hmm. onion lime juice you're putting things directly into it mm -hmm. uh, you're not working those ingredients you mix them in and i yep. think that's a very green philosophy yep for preparing sauces yep i honestly my philosophy with uh, with uh, guacamole is just like the chips are merely a conveyance device to bring the guacamole to my face that's yeah. that's all mm -hmm. i want because the guacamole yes should be that that yeah simple but elegant Right. Yep. So it is kind of a sauce because it is more of a topping. Um, mm -hmm. it, like I said, I, and that's where I think that is where it's kind of made its way places is it, it's now served on something like a burger. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's, there's some sauces that we have on the list that I'll, I'll make some arguments for, for the, them being green or, or them being green and another color potentially. Okay. As, green. as we get there. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. It's Hobbs repping green. Making I was sure really worried for my color. Represented there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, about, so another one of these. Yeah, how about another one here? Uh, let's let's move off of the sort of gelatinous uh, substances and maybe into something a little a little more uh, challenging and different here. I want to see what you guys think of soy sauce. Okay, so that isn't. Interesting one. So what I, I want to preface this by saying in America, we say soy sauce and tend to think like Kikomen, one brand, one type of soy sauce that's sitting in the Chinese restaurants. And that's what exists. There's a lot. There is a lot of different soy sauces prepared in a lot of different ways. Um, it's, it's a major thing in Asian culture. I know, you know, particularly like China, Japan, there's a lot going on there and, and other Asian cultures around there that I know even less about. Um, I want to say, I don't know a lot about the preparation of it, but I think there is some green to the element. Like they are, it, this, it's an important ingredient, um, but there's a lot of things that is that are done with it. Like something that I've been exploring lately, I found there's, there's a really great um, Asian market around here in the Twin Cities is ponzu which is soy sauce and citrus so i found a um no 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 that's a that's a red green land destruction deck <laughs> no no <laughs> no that's that's ponza got it a very subtle difference oh, okay yeah I'm with, one I'm with you now one is a modern deck the other one has lemon juice and soy sauce and is fantastic well there's a few versions um <laughs> wait a yeah. deck or the sauce both actually <laughs> great um so that would be <laughs> my argument um i think there's some green to it um because of yeah i don't know that that's kind of an instinct and i, I don't know that i have a lot of 
of, of evidence to back this up, but it feels like the preparation of it, especially when I, um, you know, learn about a little bit about some of the like craft soy sauces and things that places that have been like, I don't know a lot about alcohol either, but I hear people talk about craft soy sauce and with a lot of the same vocabulary that they talk about, like scotch and single malt liquor, wow. single barrel things. I, there are, types of soy sauce like that and i i don't know much about it i learned about it a little bit at uh, kitchen window this like cooking class when i went and did a did a sushi class there that's also where i was introduced to ponzu and uh i'm i'm very glad for that but i'm so, interested in what, what you two have to say yeah, here there's a lot of chemical reactions that are involved in the process of making soy sauce so at its base it is soybeans and um across kind of the cultures now it traditionally is done by fermenting those. So I can see a green part to that. Like fermentation mm -hmm. is a natural process that occurs. It has that green feel in the sense that it is, I mean, I think of it like kind of brewing beer, like you're letting mm -hmm. it take its natural course, but there still is kind of that cool scientific part where you get to talk about molds and funguses like aspergillus and say how that's related to the yeast and but it is a fermentation process which by itself is actually a pretty natural process mm -hmm. um, i would completely agree with you on this one and put it in green okay do you think mono green do you think there's enough to argue for a simic here i think that this is something that could be done on kind of its own it doesn't require that lab type thing i mean it, it that's fair they're, they're chemical sauces kind of commercially probably as most of these are when we get talking about them but mm -hmm. at its core it's a fermented sauce I, I i actually am fine with this being a mono green i think too in terms of uh how it's used and employed that um you know it, it is it doesn't tend to be a sauce that takes over something it, aug it augments, you know, dishes and, and that sort of thing, too. And so, again, you know, it's bringing out the natural flavors of a dish. And, and that's one thing, too, that I've heard when I've gone out for sushi with people is the chefs will say, you know, don't use either don't use the soy sauce on the on your sushi or don't use too much because you don't want it to overpower it's not supposed to mm -hmm. knock out the flavor of the fish it's supposed to help bring out that flavor yeah which is fair because one of the um one of the other things i learned in that class is by and large um and and, and this was again sushi so they're talking about japanese i don't know how much this ranges for, for other cultures in, in asia but in the u.s we you know, in Western cultures, we tend to put salt into our food. We we put that it we cook it into the food, whereas in Japan, they tend to put less of it and then you add it later. And that's what soy sauce is to sushi. Usually, mm. that is where you're putting the salt into the dish. And anyone who has done a lot of cooking or has played around with things will know that salt on its own doesn't really have a flavor. I mean, if you put too much, there's a sodiumness to it. But what it does is it enhances flavors. A little bit of salt in something, you will taste the flavor of that thing more intensely. Right, right. Yeah, I was just listening to something about MSG, and it's a, it's, I mean, the same sort of thing. It's a flavor mm -hmm. enhancer. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I mean, while we're on MSG, we we could use this to kind of dispel. I, I think this would be a good time to actually bring up. Um, it's a seasoning. Um, we're yeah. talking sauces, but we're just on a seasoning kick right now uh front of the cast tappy toe claws posted uh, a mini thread uh, so go back and you can find it on msg i've had this discussion with other friend of the class who or cast whose twitter handle i don't know what it is now kilnfeen potter yes baleful strix previously um she um and i have talked about this idea that msg has kind of a racist bent to it um, because it was used predominantly the, the, perception, of it. the right. perception of it. Yes. Not the actual spice itself. The actual <laughs> spice itself is actually very amazing. Um, it is something that I've cooked with for a very long time, actually in rubs for meat. Uh, anybody who's ever eaten at my house and had the barbecue that we make at the GP Minneapolis, you had MSG in it. Right. Um, and people at my, 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 the spice rub that I got gum came from the oil fields that my dad worked in and they would not tell people that it had MSG in it when serving it because 
If they didn't, lo and behold, randomly, nobody had headaches or any of the side effects that people complained about that they say came with MSG and what the reputation of MSG was. And what it's been is that it was basically a way to kind of keep people from certain Asian food markets, especially in the United States. And MSG, if I remember rightly, is technically in the class of the the sixth flavor. Uh, umami, uh, umami, yes. It's technically separate from kind of the salty. It's, uh, it is more of the umami flavor. Um, so fifth, it, it, fifth flavor, we should say. Fifth actually. flavor. Yes. Sweet, savory, sour. Because savory is umami. Okay. Yep. There we go. So sweet, so, sweet, sour, bitter, uh, salty, savory, which is umami. Sure. We're there. We got it. Five. Um, but it's interesting to go read that if you have not read any of the literature on it, just as a FYI, it's very interesting to read because MSG is, adds amazing flavor to meat. It's actually, once again, it's a flavor enhancer. It's meant to bring out the flavor of things like meat. Yeah, it's and it's naturally contained in so many things. It's not even just like a lab created thing. It sounds when you say monosodium glutamate, you're like, oh, oh yeah. that that's <laughs> made in a lab. That's a factory thing. No, no, no. This is in stuff. I I don't remember. Um, shout out, big shout out to the stuff you should know podcast because this is where I learned about this stuff. But it is contained, I believe, in seaweed. I think that's one of the places and that specifically is where it was sort of um, discovered where when umami was discovered or identified, that was one of the places I believe where it was identified as, as a big component. So anywho, that's a cool, that's a thing always, I didn't even know we would learn today. Always learning moment. Apparently it is found naturally too in tomatoes, grapes, cheeses, tomatoes. and mushrooms. That's it. Tomatoes is what I remembered. Yes. Yeah. It is the sodium salt of glutamic acid. Uh, yes. Uh, I learned that tomatoes have a lot of glutamic acid in it. And I learned that from an anime. <laughs> and glutamic acid has nothing to do with gluten. That's, that's also right. It's true. No, it's true. That's, that's actually yeah. something people... Cobbs is shaking his head at me, but that's actually something yeah. people think. So, Because it sounds similar, but no, very different. All right. While so we're talking about gluten, let's move on to gravy. <laughs> <laughs> is there gluten in gravy? I think I feel like there is. Well, you add a thickening flour. agent. Yep. Which is usually roux, or not, you add a thickening agent, which is flour and water. Usually, um, you can add others, and there's also non-glutinous flours. But you know, in the U.S., if we're adding a flour, it's probably wheat flour, unless specified otherwise, and that makes it glutinous i think that's how you conjugate that word it does the other big one that i think of in the u.s though is cornstarch oh that's fair we love our corn here that is fair and it yeah depending on where you are at least for for me growing up it was it it was always flour that's what me too my dad used to thicken it but that is a good point um so i i think i'm thinking gravy is is kind of a kind of black in the in the color pie when when i was talking about flavor at all costs the the thing where you're you're less concerned about the future implications <laughs> that that sounds that sounds gravy that sounds like gravy yeah i think i think part of that difference too between black and red is black almost has more of that rich as we're talking about it umami uh, sort of feel to it whereas yeah. red might be just maybe more adventurous so like yeah. black has a certain luxuriousness and gravy definitely takes like a good cut of meat and makes it like, oh, that is a that's a dish. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dep- and, and depending, gra- but yeah. And, and gravy by and large, you know, especially like the meat gravies are the I like this meat so much. I'm going to take all the meat that cooked out of the meat and put it into a sauce to put back onto the meat. Yeah. It's a meat half for the meat. Because in, you know. Orzov sense that meat can't escape <laughs> even even the juice being cooked out of the meat cannot escape this dish yeah i mean we're taking the fats we're bringing it back in if if my chicken fried steak doesn't come with an extra side of gravy i am not a happy person <laughs> i mean i this is the most black of the ones we've done so far to me yeah 100% one of my favorite gravy memories uh... <laughs> This is this should be You're a recurring. We have so many of them. Yeah, this should be a recurring uh, segment on the show. Gravy memories. <laughs> as, Gravy memories. As a proud German, he has many. 
great, great memory. <laughs> uh, we, my family, uh, every Christmas would make a ham, and this is something my wife ridicules me for constantly because ham is only an Easter thing. Whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Thanksgiving ham. That's the difference. That's why she That's makes weird. fun of me. Yep. Your wife is correct. Okay. But not only would my parents make turkey gravy to go on the Thanksgiving turkey, they would make ham gravy because they would also roast like pineapples on the outside and rub yeah. the ham and brown sugar. And yeah. so all that fat cooks off and automatically mixes with this, with the pineapple juice. And yep. oh, oh, that, that gravy is the single greatest liquid that has ever touched my face. I have just come back from dinner and now I'm hungry. So we need to take a break. <laughs> so I can like figure out how to make some ham gravy out of whatever the hell I have in my mic. So, I mean, and this kind of gets into this interesting regional thing too, because that actually is more similar to what like a red eye gravy, which is very different than say a brown gravy or a cream gravy. Um, red eye gravy is specifically drippings from ham that's usually fried but oh. uh it's also a pan that's deglazed with coffee Ooh. and doesn't use a separate thickening agent i mean you guys actually probably were making more of a, a brown but yeah it, it brings up that red eye gravy is a gravy that a lot of people do not know about even within the u.s and that's why i think the thing is interesting it's normally served over ham grits or biscuits mm. uh but i do like it's got the deglaze of coffee with it too that sounds like that could be almost a red black rakdos style because you're oh my getting, god you're getting you're, punched in the face by caffeine punched, yeah I'm saying, you're putting caffeine into your gravy that's yeah. <laughs> rakdos yeah. all the way yeah i mean like w- they are the roasters on our ravnica coffee shop that's yeah. a callback to so an that, old episode was it a do we know was it a rakdos thing when someone put caffeine in a bacon what is that a thing? Or did my brain make that up? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen caffeinated bacon. I hope that's a thing. That sounds incredible. I need to. I need to Google search this. Can uh, you look that up while we're talking about um, my holiday memories and my best gravy experiences. Can we also tackle the other holiday uh, condiment on this list, which is cranberry? Cranberry sauce. Uh, this is another one that. This, I think it, it depends on the construction because there's a very non-green version of this, but I think <laughs> the one that is mostly actual cranberries has green elements in the color pie. I agree with that. I think where you get more into the, it's cranberry in a can that's sort of the jellied, like jiggly mass that still holds the shape of the can. Okay, Hobbs, where are you going? Because I think you... I'm pushing this into white. That's what I was thinking. Ah, okay. So, ma- like, sort of mass-produced. Mm-hmm. You know, that, what you know what you're going to get if you go to the store and you buy a can of cranberry sauce. Okay. Yep. And that's the thing that, you know, within, you know, a certain section of everybody, everybody, you know, knows what that is. When you say cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving in the U.S., <laughs> a lot of people, that's one of their first thoughts. They most may not have ever had an actual cranberry yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. And even the people who have like actual cranberry sauces, they'll think of that maybe, you know, in a more dismissive way, but yeah. that is definitely going to be a thought that a lot of people share. So even at Thanksgiving's I've gone to with traditional cooked cranberry sauce with whole cranberries in it, there usually is an expectation that there is a can of cranberry sauce there. <gasps> wow. Okay. Like I just, I, I expect that there's going to be one, even if I go to a really nice, like a fancy Thanksgiving dinner, every meal is like, I don't know, the turkey spatchcocked, which is just, you know, how you, a, a style of cooking it quicker. I mean, if I'm thinking of kind of fancier ones, there still needs to be a can of cranberry sauce, like can. So you can hear it. Do you Boop. think Garrick spatchcocks his turkeys? I mean, it is an effective way to cook. It cooks much quicker. It depends on if Garrick is on the run. Gotcha. So, no. No. He doesn't. No, he takes the time to cook his, his turkey. <laughs> he roasts it. Now, the, now, traditional cranberry sauce, there is an element, once again, of blue. Because you need to cook the cranberries to a certain point and not it, it, there is kind of this degree of you want them to start popping you don't want them to go too far so 
there is an element kind of where you're thickening and you're basically changing things into sugars. And there's kind of that element when you're cooking it that yes, you can crock pot it, but you do need to be watching. You don't want you like when the cranberries pop, you're kind of at the point where you need to be making it. You don't want them to go beyond. Why don't we do a, a sort of a lightning round, uh, quick quick descriptions of a couple of these and yeah, quick it. takes okay so mustard hobbs alex than me for this literally the worst thing in the world and i put that in colorless <laughs> i have no reasoning heinz yellow mustard is definitely white but then there's you know other other mustards that i i think uh maybe more green so maybe it's a it's a selesnia thing and there's some that fall in different ranges yeah, I I agree with you on Heinz on yellow mustard. Uh, there's definitely some green ones. I think like the spicy brown and like some of those craft mustards can stray into red. So I could see that. Yeah. So they're yeah. hitting you with flavor a lot of times. It's the yeah. It's the it's just the spice factor. It's the yep. punch. Yep. All right, ranch. For no reason at all, my first instinct was Silesnia. I don't know why green white. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it probably isn't terribly green. I think you're probably maybe there might be more black or blue because I think you're trying to process it. You're not highlighting natural ingredients. You're trying no. to do something different. Yeah, I think ranch is really meant to kind of. It's not to me. It is. It is adding flavor to bland things. It is not trying to let that food shine on its own. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's supposed to smother your salad and make make it so that you can you know yeah. get it down your gullet if you don't like lettuce. I'm, yeah, I, I'd say it's like white blue azorius maybe. Yeah, it I'm does not feel lawful at all. That should be a gift. <laughs> hey, but uh, just like I said in a recent episode that I don't think has aired yet, the Ravnica's representation of the guilds is great, but are only one representation of how mm. those color combinations work. And you can have something that's definitely blue-white that is not Azorius. That's fair. And I always do struggle with that naming convention that we now yeah. default to any two-color combination as... Oh, yeah. Well, I just did it earlier when I, I said Ranch Selesnia yeah. to start with. And it's like, well, that... Yeah. Yeah. Steak sauce. Like, A1 steak sauce is, I guess, what I'm assuming this means. Uh... I'm going, I, I think, a little bit black... Because you you're it's rich and it's you know sort mm-hmm. of got a whole bunch of flavors going on, but I do think there is some blue to this too because there's no one uh, there's no one flavor or no one component. Mm-hmm. I have this as white. I think of this as being kind of a, a way to just add flavor to a steak that like and I like a one sauce or steak sauce at times, but I do think it's it hides some of the flavor of the meat, but it's in a way that you know that it's always going to be available at every restaurant that you go to, to add some sort of a, a, a tangy punch to your, your steak. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't really use the sauce. My, I think those are both have some compelling arguments and I'm going to abstain on this one. Okay. Sriracha. Red. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. moving on I mean, tomato this is the first that we've had of kind of the the more of this the kind of just hot sauce and, oh, I, and yeah. I do think that in some ways hot sauce in this shape and form that we're talking about is really to me the color pie of red it is about hitting you in the face a really good hot sauce now a good hot sauce should have flavor underneath it and i want to equate the fact that i'm not talking about just spice mm-hmm. because really spicy food without flavor is not actually good most Mexican food that you try the really hot for the sake of hot is not good, but Sriracha is meant to be hot, punch you in the face and have flavor. And that's red. Yep. yep. I think if we can, I can transition off of that. I think there are other types of hot sauce that mm-hmm. are a little more green. That might be, that might be more red green because there's some, like there's a, there's a Louisiana hot sauce that I like to use that has literally three ingredients. Yes. It is vinegar. It is uh, peppers and it is or cayenne peppers and it is salt. And I think that's a green construction of a sauce. Okay. You're like, we're going to give you one ingredient and we're going to highlight this one ingredient. Yep. And I would say like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking is very vinegary hot sauces could be mm-hmm. red green. Um, I don't know that there's a, 
is Tabasco maybe the white red? But nah, that's sort of a cultural thing more yeah. so than it actually being. I think I think hot sauce in and of itself tends to be kind of niche. So I mean, we're talking a little of the brands that you might find in the store. So like, yeah, you're find like they're going to edge towards more ubiquitous anyway. Yeah. All right then. Uh, tomato and honestly, I don't have a big difference between tomato sauce and marinara sauce. There's a there's obviously a slight flavor difference, but to me, the construction of them isn't so different that I would really differentiate them. And maybe this is just my background of things. Like I think of marinara as a tomato sauce as a base sauce. It is simply tomato from which you do things. Like my dad would put you know cans of tomato sauce in chili. That was a part right. of the liquid component for his chili. Or you can use you know you can use that tomato sauce to build. A marinara you can use it to build all sorts of other tomato based things um, and I think that's where the variation or the the, the difference comes in mm -hmm. and I think that's, I, that was what I would say too like it depends on what you mean by tomato sauce here if you simply just mean mashed up tomatoes in some ways mm -hmm. it is the base it's yeah. going to then be it's, uh, and for all of our UK people when we say tomato sauce we do not mean what we would call ketchup <laughs> because it is called tomato there like that's what they refer to ketchup as and for color pie i'm thinking maybe green blue because it's green. tomato on its own the base tomato sauce is is a green presentation you're yes. using one ingredient but you're kind of you i don't know that you use it on its own very often you're using it to build into something else mm -hmm. yep and I would say that the building in is also, once again, dependent on um, these are sauces that correctly making a good, even just pasta sauce. And let's mm -hmm. say marinara, uh, you should be cooking this for hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. you want those flavors to be cooking in. You want this going slow. Um, when I make these from scratch, I would start with like crushed up tomatoes and I want those tomatoes to break down. And I want the spices and the basil to get a chance to basically infuse in with it. This is quote unquote a simic green, blue in general, but even more so just kind of simicky to me. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go real quick around the horn then on the last few. Uh, and then I've got one mystery one here at the end that I want to puzzle over. Uh, okay. Hobbs, Aju. Aju is green. Interesting. Aju is really made to just add some moisture back into a meat. It's basically the flavor that kind of comes with it. Um, maybe some salt. Um, but it, it really is made to just kind of give some moisture to the meat for me. Okay. Alex, Hollandaise. I think that's more blue. That's that's one that you're you're putting a lot of technique into it. You're putting a lot of things. You're not highlighting a natural ingredient. You're combining stuff to build into something different. I mean, Hollandaise is the one that I was thinking of when I was writing this color pie out for blue. All right. Hobbs, Worcestershire. Worcestershire is Worcestershire should be white because it should be used in everything. It is <laughs> so amazing. I mean, I mean I'm I'm being serious here. I no, I mean Worcestershire sauce is not one that's typically used in America. Um a lot of people know what I've heard of it but don't really know what it is. It's another fermented liquid condiment. So in some ways it actually is similar in the it's more of a vinegar base flavored with Alex and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Like it's got anchovies, it's got tamarind, it's got onion, garlic, seasonings. So it's got every flavor in. Now, interestingly, it was created by chemists. So I'm going blue. All right. Yeah, two chemists, the ones who are Lee and Perrins, who have the famous brand that most if you've ever seen the bottles of Worcestershire sauce with paper around them, that's Lee and Perrins. Wild. I did not realize they were chemists. Yeah. Uh, Alex, Alfredo. Alfredo. Yeah, I I, I want to say there's, there's some black element. This seems like a heavy sauce. This has a very denseness to it. I'm not sure if this is mono black. What do, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely black. There's maybe an element of white to it in the sense that, like, you go to any sort of Italian restaurant, you can get like fettuccine alfredo you go to any noodle restaurant you can get fettuccine alfredo 
Um, now I will say the that I expect to vary though more from restaurant to restaurant. Sure, and that's and that's where I would say like yeah maybe it's it's not exactly that. So I think then you get into okay there's no one sort of flavor that comes out of it. It's kind of an amalgamation of a ton of stuff. Maybe you get into blue black a little. It's a demure sort of thing, but I don't know. See, I actually I was saving the blue black for one of the next ones. I, I do think that Alfredo is probably more of just a, a decadent sauce when you want something that's flavorful, heavy, and you know you're probably going to feel crappy later when it hits your stomach, but it was worth it because it does just, it has such amazing, great flavor. So the last one that we're going to do is bechamel sauce. Now, what in the world is that? So bechamel sauce is a white sauce. I mean, it simply is a roux, butter and flour milk. Now, it's interesting because a lot of times, like if you actually go to look up something like white sauce and you mean Alfredo, it's going to redirect you to bechamel because bechamel is a lot of times a base for kind of more complex sauces. Um, now, I am still keeping it blue because of the fact is bechamel sauces are really, they, they take technical skill. You do not want them to break. You do not want to end up with lumps in them. This is something that you are really trying to bring different flavors into. Uh, a lot of time you are infusing different flavors into a bechamel sauce to use for, it, it is kind of the, they call it a mother sauce. And that is because it's used so much in French cuisine. So this is kind of your standout all-star for French cuisine, which I think of as being that technical kind of cooking. Now, this is where I was going to say, though, it is such a rich, beautiful, flavorful, buttery and milk and dairy based sauce that I kind of move this into blue black into the Demir category. Interesting. OK, OK. More so than Alfredo, because for one thing, the Alfredo, like I said, I know what that is. I'm going to see it everywhere. Blue black to me really stands out as being a complex and a sauce you're not going to get everywhere. Okay. I can respect that, especially because I still cannot tell what this thing is, even though I've Googled an image of it. So the last thing that we have is curry. And Alex, you had a particular idea on this specifically. Do you want to explain why why we're sort of leaving this one for last? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, so going through this list, we've had this list for a little while, just kind of pouring over, kind of trying to come up with some idea to actually prepare for the cast and, and come in and talk about it and this is one that i was stuck on because like, curry generally in in the u.s and i think more western cultures we we might have a specific idea of of what we mean when we say curry but it's not a sauce it's not a single thing it is it is a large you know umbrella term used for an entire class of cooking because it's it's a it's a spice there's lots of different ways that it's done in different cultural elements and there's so much culture behind it and difference that i don't think we can really characterize you know curry as a single sauce and give it a single color pie thing i wouldn't feel comfortable i, I mean i i fully admit that this was one that felt a little more difficult to do because of those implications more so than even some of the ones that we've been clear about like well in america yes curry to even do that with to me yeah yeah both from from a cultural standpoint because i don't have any of the the, the cultural knowledge to to even begin to talk about that in, in a meaningful way i know so little i i but also it's not even just a sauce thing it is it is a spice it's a, it dish. Is it's a dish but it's it's not even just a single dish and i think right. an, an analogy that is a very an american al uh, analogy that i came up with um is it's kind of like trying to talk about barbecue and you use the word barbecue and it means so many different things to different people in different places. And none of them are definitive barbecue. They are all in this thing. You have, you know, maybe in the Midwest, we think of, you know, at least I would think of barbecue sauce first and that's a thing. But even within barbecue sauce, you have mustard bases, you have all sorts of different types of sauces, but then there's, you know, schools of barbecue that don't use sauce. They use dry rubs, you know, you get the, you know, North Carolina versus South Carolina versus Texas styles. There's versus all very city versus yeah. yeah. There's so yeah. much. Yeah, Kansas City, you get the very different types of sauces and techniques. And I 
there's just too much there, I think. Um, you know, some of these we've talked about have a lot of variation. We'll talk about marinara can have a lot of variation, but the difference between, you know, a marinara in one place and a marinara in another is much, much smaller than two barbecue sauces or two curry dishes. And I think for that reason, well, this, this was on the list we had to work from. So I want to acknowledge that this was a thing, but I, I don't think that this is one that we can really talk about this in a, in a meaningful way here. There's for, kind of a, there's kind of its own color pie within there. If we, if we did get into it, I feel like a, we would have Shivambat back on the cast because you know, our, the, one of the yeah. people that we know who is Indian and has some of the cultural experience. However, yeah. also there are so many variations on curry that we could really yeah. get into. And now I really want lamb saguala. Yeah. And I want barbecue. Yeah, I'm just thinking about brisket because my dad yeah. makes brisket and oh, it's so good. Tell you, man, when you when you brine something for 14 hours and then you smoke it for 15 and then you make a homemade barbecue sauce. Dang it, I'm hungry again. We're going to have to stop. I'm going to have to get another meal. That's our show. You can find the podcast at Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter or email any questions, comments, or concerns to goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, you can do so at patreon.com slash goblinlorepod. This episode of Goblin Lore was hosted by Hobbs Q, who you can find on Twitter at Hobbs Q. This episode was written and co-hosted by Alex Newman, who you can find on Twitter at Alexander New M. Engineering, editing, and production for this episode by Joe Redeman, who you can find on Twitter at Findhorn. That's F-Y-N-D Horn. Our music is by Wintergatten, who you can find at Wintergatten.com. That's Winter, G-A-T-A-N.com. Logo by Stephen Raphael on Twitter at Stephen Raffle. Goblin Lore is a presentation of Hipsters of the Coast, which you can find at HipstersOfTheCoast.com or at HipstersMTG on Twitter. Thank you all for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.